This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Future Talk podcast. This is Future Talk. Future Talk. Future Talk with Amiel Saleh and Hany Balkis. Good afternoon, everyone, and happy Sunday to everyone tuning in to us right now. It is a sunny Sunday right here in the heart of Sharjah, and you're listening to Future Talk, the one and only place where we give you a quick roundup of everything that is happening in the tech world, in the UAE, and around the world. It's It just feels like a fresh new beginning today, doesn't it, Hani? It's because it's Sunday, Omnia. It's the beginning <laughs> of the week. It's an amazing week. It's the beginning yes. of... Uh, Sunday, obviously, but ladies and gentlemen, uh, we got a lot of news happening right here in the UAE. Now, Mm -hmm. we do know that there's a lot of taxis in the UAE and there's a lot of taxi drivers, but what if we told you that one day you might jump into a taxi, but there will not be a taxi driver driving the taxi. It will be driverless, and we're going to be telling you how there will be driverless taxis to be launched in the UAE this year as part of a pilot scheme. Yes, indeed. That day is coming in sooner than we think. But around the world, Facebook and Google CEOs are trying to create change. They are reforming an internet law to combat misinformation. Will they be liable for what users post on the platforms nowadays? We are going to be giving you all that and more in just a few moments. Yes, and Google is testing your memory, <laughs> which will have it have an upgrade for Assistant to save and find everything. Every day, ladies and gentlemen, we depend on technology more and more so we don't use our noggins. <laughs> yes, indeed. But right here in the heart of Sharjah, we have lots of news when it comes to reading more and having a lot more books on our hands. And I'm sure this is a story Hani will be a big fan of because Sharjah Airport will now be distributing thousands of ebooks to passengers through a digital library so you no longer have to have a kindle on hand or even bring a physical book with Mm -hmm. you to the airplane because now you can access all those books in very seamless manners and for our gadget of the day ladies and gentlemen we're talking about samsung and how they're reportedly working on a double folding phone i just (laughs) it's the new it's the new wave folding phones are the new wave ladies and gentlemen i just want apple let me get the camera (laughs) apple Please, Tim Cook's folding phone now. Take all my money. Take it. I want a folding phone. We haven't even gotten a single folding I phone want, from Apple. I just, I, and I wanna, Samsung is working on a double one. Do you know how fun it would be to play games on your phone with the folding phone? Bigger screen, better resolution. <laughs> Please. <laughs> and he's not desperate at all. I want it. 4215, <laughs> let us know you guys' thoughts, ladies and gentlemen. If you're excited for the new double folding phone, or if you're excited to have books on your way to whatever destination you're going to, what song is playing, Omnia? Made for now. Keep Pulse 95 We are locked. made for now. <laughs> yes, indeed. Not tomorrow, now. Pulse 95. Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. Taxi, taxi, stop, stop, I need to go somewhere. That's you opening the door, by the way. You get in. Wait, there's no driver in the car. Yes, indeed. That's because driverless taxis are going to be launched in the UAE as part of a pilot scheme. No more will you go into a taxi and say, boss, can I go to Bahira uh, Corniche? Instead, you'll be talking to probably AI or maybe even have an app on your phone putting in the destination. Yes, indeed. So the taxi will actually know where you're headed to without you even saying a single word. And this is all becoming a reality in the capital of the UAE, Abu Dhabi, because transport chiefs are going to be introducing driverless taxi in the Emirate later this year. And we're 
looking at the third quarter of, or the final quarter of 2021 being the time when we are going to be seeing driverless taxis hit the road. But the Department of Municipalities and Transport have actually partnered with Bayanat, which is a part of the G42 group, to help lead the trial use of autonomous vehicles. Yes, now the first phase of the high-tech project will actually feature three self-driving vehicles providing free transport services from hotels, restaurants, shopping malls, and even offices at Yas Mall. Now, more than 10 vehicles will hit the roads for the second stage of the futuristic initiative, which will even extend to locations across the capital. Now, the trial did will actually will begin in the final quarter of 2021, so we're looking towards, uh, wait, let me see, 333, so uh, <laughs> let's talk about maybe September. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, with the beginning of the it's beginning of September. Yes. September first is my birthday, ladies and gentlemen. If oh, you guys yeah. want to send me some <laughs> gifts, uh, Pulse ninety five studios right here in Sharjah. I'll send you a driverless taxi to pick you up from your house oh. and bring you to work. And guess what? There will be no charges for that service. So the service you will have to pay for something, Omnia. <laughs> you have to give me a gift. A gift is with money. Yeah, I'm Put getting... Put like a five dirham under uh, the seat or something. I'm, okay, you'll get that. But I'm getting you the, the driverless taxi to your place. It's just, it's not going to be charging you for any money. But it's not, but you're not losing anything. You have to lose something for me to gain something when a gift happens. <laughs> it's all about the thought. It's the thought that counts. What? Yeah, it is. The thought doesn't make my pockets happy. Well, I wanted the sanitizer bla- bracelet. I don't see the your, sanitizer. When's your birthday? Coming up soon. All right. Well, <laughs> let their birthday come. Okay, then we'll see about that. But for those of you who are interested in the service of the driverless taxi, it will be free of charge in both phases. And it's also going to be operating starting from 8 a.m. every day up until 8 p.m. Now, even though the, the vehicles are completely driverless, there will be a safety officer in the driving seat during the pilot scheme. He will not be driving the car, but he will be there just as a form of precaution to intervene if any issues occur within the car itself and I'm sure this will actually bring comfort to many people who are willing to try the service just in case something happens there will be an official out there that is willing to you know yeah. drive in if something happens to the car yeah taking the wheel now we do know that autonomous transport has been high on the agenda in the, in the Emirates for years now now the UAE is continuing with its strategy of making 25% of transport autonomous by the year 2030 and that did begin in 2016 now in 2019 Sheikh Hamdan bin Mohammed Al Maktoum Crown Prince of Dubai did issue a directive to regulate testing of self-driving vehicles in the Emirate of Dubai so we're looking at something across the seven emirates right here in the UAE where soon enough Autonomous driving and autonomous transportation will be a thing of now instead of the future. And guess what, Hani? Right here in the heart of Sharjah, a fleet of driverless shuttles was actually tested last year. And we had a chance yeah. to talk about it right here on the show. You in can... University City. Yes, right here, very close to us. Uh, we had the driverless shuttles yeah. actually being tested. And you can catch that interview on our podcast. What's wrong? I'm upset, man. Why are you upset? All the good things happened after I left university. <laughs> I mean, so many cool things are happening in the University of City. The year I graduated. <laughs> so like, oh, honey's leaving. All right, let's start with all the fun stuff. Well, no students are in those universities at the moment. So but you're not still, really missing they out get, on they much. Get, they get the, the feeling. I mean, it's nice to know that. I mean, we do know the Charger Research Technology and Develop, uh, Innovation, uh, Park. Innovation Park uh, came out during that time. And I was like, 
<laughs> Anyways, that's just my luck. But thankfully, and he's rem- reminiscing on his university days. Yeah, but thankfully, uh, I mean, we did get the CEOs of all these big places right here on the show, and you can check them out on our uh, our podcast, SoundCloud or Spotify or Apple Podcast, whatever you like to use, because we're on all those platforms. Yes, under the name Future Talk ninety five. But going back to that fleet of driverless shuttles right here in the heart of Sharjah, they were all being operated by the UAE Smart Transport Ion, and just like Hani said, they're actually all around in the university city of Sharjah's education district they are absolutely intelligent they have 3d vision they have environment recognition so if they come across any obstacle they'll be able to maneuver around it seamlessly let us know your thoughts are you excited for a world where taxis are absolutely driverless so if you're that type of person that does not like to open conversations with drivers of taxis <laughs> that honestly where are you I, from i don't like doing that like from palestine it, Pakistan. <laughs> it's not a thing i don't feel like it's a thing right here in the uae but in jordan palestine lebanon egypt yeah conversations with taxi where's your driver? mother's father's sister from tell me about it it's yeah. so frustrating <laughs> ah, let us know let us know your taxi experiences your worst and best taxi experience <laughs> whether it's right here in the uae or anywhere across the globe 4215 or on our instagram at pulse 95 radio our text lines are open but we're going to be taking a short break and when we come back we're talking all about facebook and google taking over internet laws what are they doing with them well keep pulse 95 locked to find out all about it Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. When something controversial is posted online, who is held accountable? Who gets the credit? Who Mark gets Zuckerberg. the blame? Well, that was actually the reality in the past, pre-March of 2021. But now, Mark yes. Zuckerberg has decided, not only him, Mark Zuckerberg and Google CEO have decided to change that reality. They are fighting for a change in the internet law. Omnia, did you know how many people were spreading misinformation about COVID-19 on Facebook? Numbers-wise, yeah, no. Number, but I, I, want, I want a random number, uh, Omnia. I want, like, thinking... Logically, okay. right? Mm. Logically, you would think thousands and thousands of people. 3.5 billion. Billion? I don't know. That's All right, just the number in my head. 12. Billion? Mil- uh, 12 people. 1, 2, 12. The number 12 people mm. were spreading misinformation on Facebook. That was it? That was it. But okay. the thing is, they were using bots. They were using this. Ah, they were using techniques. Okay. They were using trends mm. to spread misinformation. It was only 12 people. 12 people were spreading misinformation about the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm. So this goes to show that, thankfully, not a lot of people are sheep. But, <laughs> yeah, any. A lot of people were still following the trend. Oh, yes. And who went under fire? We know that Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO and founder of Facebook, was under fire for that. But now we do know that the Facebook chief executive, Mark Zuckerberg, has laid out steps to reform a key internet law, which did come on Wednesday, saying that companies should have immunity from liability only if they follow the best practices for removing damaging material from their platforms. Yes, indeed. In a testimony that they have prepared for a joint hearing before two House Energy and Commerce subcommittees on Thursday, Mr. Mark Zuckerberg actually acknowledged the calls from 
lawmakers to create a change in the law that is called Section 230 of Communications Decency Act that actually gives companies like Facebook immunity from liability over content that is posted by users. So the hearing was actually titled Disinformation Nation. So what is the role of social media in trying to promote misinformation? And it was basically trying to address different concerns that Democrats had about the spread of misinformation during the pandemic, but also during the presidential election. Now, the hearing actually discussed different ways to hold tech platforms accountable by trying and reforming the coffee. internet. <laughs> I, just, I just drank a sip of My coffee God. and it tastes so good. Inter- I, I haven't had coffee for a while. Really? Yeah. We're talking about the internet law. I'm yeah, but there's I feel like the internet mm. law comes with coffee because really? obviously all these tech giants <laughs> they live on coffee. Well, we do know that their offices definitely promote coffee, but now yeah. they're actually promoting misinformation as well. <laughs> Target now they're trying to tackle misinformation. Yes. yes, and the executives of Google and Twitter are also testifying to create a change in the internet law. So, basically. For the past year, ever since COVID-19 became a part of our lives, there has been a lot of discussions on what practices can tech giants adopt so that they can go ahead and tackle misinformation. Yes. But the latest one of them all is to try and put an end to the blames. And, I, and I'm with it. Personally, I'm with it. I feel like by the amount of people that are using Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, they're billions. And you can create yes. AI. Mark Zuckerberg has been creating a lot of different machine learning algorithms and mm-hmm. AI to track those posts to remove those posts but there's never enough ai and there's always changing ways of targeting this misinformation so it can't be their fault if there's a post that you know slides under the fire the rug the rug now uh (laughs) you guys know that i'm the king of analogies i like having analogies like making analogies so listen this let's make a picture everyone listening right now let's say you have a house Mm. you've you've built a house you've owned this house you're renting out the house to a number of people. And people in this house, right, the homeowners or the home renters of this house yeah. start doing stuff that are illegal in the house. They ruin the paint. They ruin the paint. They do illegal stuff in the yeah. house. Who is responsible? The homeowner mm. or the people renting out the house? Perfect analogy. Yeah. Who is responsible? People running the house. Because that's what they did to the house and they were doing and practicing illegal stuff in the house. It was their house as long as they're paying the rent for it. So they yeah. should be held accountable for anything that happens exactly. to the house. So let's say, for example, another thing. I give Omnia keys to my car. I'm like, Omnia, yes. can you go fill up some gas? That's the worst mistake you yeah, can Yeah, that's, that's my first mistake, right? <laughs> And then she's like, okay, honey, no problem. And she gets into an accident. Who is at fault? Is it me? God forbid. (laughs) God forbid, obviously. But who is at fault, right? Yeah. The person driving the car. And this all goes back to, again, another ethic kind of dilemma we were having. Yeah. Omni and I on the show before about how when we're talking about autonomous vehicles, who is responsible? Mm. Is Tesla responsible? Is Is the AI responsible? Or is the person who owns the car responsible? So we have presented the argument and it is up to you to make your decision. But let us know, who do you think should be held accountable for any misinformation that spreads on social media platforms? Should it be Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or should it be the user himself or herself? Our text lines are open for 215. Do it a lot or sign into our DMs at Pulse95 Radio. You're, You're listening, listening to Pulse95. Pulse95. Ninety-five apps all around. What's worth a click and download? Pulse ninety-five.
Ladies and gentlemen, if you have bad memory, well, Google has the solution for you because Google is testing your noggin. And for those who don't know what noggin is, it means your brain, your mind, your head. And they're testing it with an upgrade for Assistant so you can save and find everything. I love this because every, anyone who knows me knows I have a really bad memory. So now Google. Where's your keys, Omnia? They're in my bag. Where's your bag? It's in the other part of the studio. All right. See ya. Where'd you park your car? Oh, that's one that every friend I have will vouch for. I can never remember where I Where's your my wallet? Car. Ladies and gentlemen, just, just, I'm not going to put on the point. I'm not going to put on the spot, right? Okay. But you know how many times Omnia has went to her car and called me and said, Hanny, is my keys in the studio? Yes. M- more times Multiple than I can times. count. More times than, I've ca- than I can count. And I've forgotten wallets. I've forgotten... I we need to get our air tags for everything. <laughs> yes, I think I, you put air tag on your own hand. NFC chips, please. Those will be needed. But now Google is actually creating its own memory feature in their Google Assistant. So this memory feature is you can call it a combination of a to-do list, a notes app, and a pocket-like reading list. So it's an all-in-one, and it is found in a very easy-to-find digital locker that is integrated into the Google Assistant application. So. Currently, this is all being tested out, Mm -hmm. but memory can actually save a huge variety of content like articles, books, contacts, events, flights, hotels, images, music, movies, notes, photos, places, you name it. The the list goes on and on. Yes. I mean, you couldn't even memorize this list. That's why Google Assistant is now giving you this list in in the palm of your hands. Now, while the Assistant already does have a memory feature for saving information, like even a bike lock combination or a favorite flavor of cake. Mm. Now, the new alliteration of memory does appear to be a major upgrade, one that does even seem to integrate the collections feature that do precede it and be given top billing on the main menu bar alongside Assistant's daily snapshot view. Now, the idea is that you'll be able to save nearly everything including links, screenshots, pictures of objects, or even handwritten notes, or even to-do lists and reminders. Your memory will then let you search, sort, and revisit everything that you've saved. Very interesting thing, but the thing that I don't like about it mm-hmm. is that I can't use it. Why? Because I'm an Apple boy. <laughs> well, you can always switch to a Google phone or an Android phone and use it easily. <laughs> let me ask Siri if I can do that. Okay, let's see. Siri, can I switch to Google Assistant? Interesting question. Of course. Oh, yeah. Of course that's what she's going to say. Yeah, I mean... She's not going to support her rival company. Very diplomatic. (laughs) But depending on what you're saving, memory will also be including contextual information. So, let's say you saved a receipt. The... What's it called? The Google Assistant itself will actually show you the cooking time. If you saved a movie you wanted to watch, it'll include a link to the trailer. And, of course, any Google-based item that you save, like a Google document... Or if you uploaded a certain Google Drive file, yeah. you will get a customized preview card of that thing that you stored. Now, to store things on the memory, users can either use a Google Assistant command or a new added home yeah. screen shortcut. So once you add something to the memory, any saved item will be tagged with specific mm-hmm. categories like either important or read later yeah. so that you can go ahead and sort out through the different information that you save on the memory feature do you know when i was first introduced to google omnia google assistant one was back in 2017 oh 
was and it time. was be- with our photographer, believe it or not, Mario. Oh, right. Okay. We were in class. Now Mario is an old friend of mine, and uh, I forget about that. Yeah, <laughs> and he was like, "Hey, honey, look at this." I'm like, "What?" He's like, "Watch this." So he t- whips out his phone. He just looks looks around. Him. He's like, "Hey, Google." Right. And then all of a sudden, Google's like, hey there, Mario. I'm like, oh my God, what is this? Let me see. You didn't and have a Siri back then? Uh, I had Siri, but I always had it disabled. Sometimes oh, I would enable okay. it just to talk to it when I was bored because I'm lonely. But, you know, uh, I was what's joking. The I'm most, joking. What's the most interesting question you've asked Siri? Uh, I can't see. <laughs> Wrong question. Wrong question, Omnia. <laughs> well, I'll tell you mine. If you ask her, what is zero divided by zero, you'll get a very sad answer. Okay. Okay, Siri Are doesn't want to work. I'll ask my Hey, Siri. Siri, what is zero divided by zero? Imagine that you have zero cookies, and you split them evenly among zero friends. How many cookies does each person get? I don't have See, friends. it doesn't make sense. And Cookie Monster is sad that there are no cookies. And your friends are sad because they don't exist. Oh, wow. This escalated. All right, you're done quickly. for... T- <laughs> So when the machine has control over the human, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. Let us know, your, you guys, 4215, what is the most ridiculous thing or question you've asked your Google Assistant or Siri or any type of virtual assistant? Our text lines are open, but we will be taking a short break. And when we come back, this is your captain speaking. <laughs> yes, indeed. This is Pulse95. Check this out. Check this out. Welcome on board uh, Future Talk Airways. This is your captain speaking, Hanny. <laughs> I must say, I like your airport voice. My pilot voice. I think if uh, anything you'd ever work. happens... You'd work out as a pilot voice. Maybe they should just hire me to make announcements. That'd be fun. You know, traveling the world, having a microphone in my hand. Just making announcements yeah. on the plane? This is your captain speaking. We're uh, departing from Shorter Airport, and we're going you to be, be talking faster, about. Faster, faster. Oh yeah, okay. I bet it's gonna be inaudible. That's. Do you think we can ever? All right, all right. I'm gonna try. Coherently understand what a pilot is saying. Welcome aboard Shorter Airport, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about thousands of e-books to passengers. But ladies and gentlemen, let's go all back to seriousness. We're talking about Shorter Airport and how they're going to distribute thousands of e-books to passengers. Via a digital library. Yes, indeed. I must say, the only time I truly, truly think about reading a book is when I am boarding a flight. Because the time you spend on flights can be definitely long. And watching movies is not always the best. You know, there's not always the nicest movies on airplanes. But picking up a book to read on a flight or during the trip from a store at the airport seems like a very common touristy thing. What if we can do a little bit of a twist on this and make it a bit more COVID-friendly? Because mm-hmm. Charges airports are starting to distribute thousands of e-books to passengers through a digital library. Now, Omnia. Yes. I feel like the airport vibes, jumping on a plane, makes you want to read. 100%. I'll tell you why. Yeah. So, if I recall correctly, the year yeah. was 2012 okay. or 2013. Mm. And I was on route, in route to Miami, Florida, mm-hmm. right? And I had to go through a transit to yeah. Heathrow Airport in London. Mm. So I went there and I saw everyone reading books. And I wasn't reading in a book. I was like, well, I feel I feel different. I feel, feel left, left out. out. <laughs> I see everyone reading books. So I tell my mom, I'm like, mama, can I have some money, some dineros? I want to go to the bookshop. And I remember I bought a book there and I was reading it from my flight from London, Heathrow, mm. all the way to Miami, Florida. And it was a different feeling. 
And now I feel like I want to travel just, just so to have time to read a book, <laughs> right? And I know a lot of people who finished the Harry Potter series on a flight from uh, right here from the UAE all the way to Australia, Sydney, Australia, because that's like a 15-hour flight. You can or read even more. You can read so many books on that. Flight. Yeah. So uh, I mean, we're seeing Sharjah Airport implement and adopt this new type of initiative where they're going to be giving out free ebooks to passengers who will board these flights. Yes, indeed. Now, we've definitely seen travel take a whole different look in the age of COVID-19. Whether it was deploying smart tech like touch-free kiosks or even having facial recognition become your brand new way of going aboard a flight. Yes. Using digital passports, using COVID-19 digital passports. These have all been different contactless solutions that airports in the UAE and around the world in the Middle East have been trying to implement. But using ebooks for passengers and having an online library, it just opens a whole new world mm -hmm. to every person who is in love with reading books because these books are available to download for free without mm -hmm. the hassle of downloading an application. What, honey's <laughs> Honey has an idea in mind. <laughs> what do we say when something is free, Omnia? <laughs> yes, if something is free, take as much as you can. As we do know, these books are available to be downloaded for free without the hassle of downloading any app. And visitors can simply use the airport's Wi-Fi to access the collection. Users can also pick from a huge lineup based on how much they can read but will be able to access the literature of their choice for only 21 days. So even after you leave the airport, you get to your destination, right. that book that you have downloaded, you can go ahead and finish reading it for up to 21 days. I'm going to test your meme knowledge, Omnia. What's 9 plus 10? 21? <laughs> that, that, that's the meme. I mean, a lot of people should know. It's back, My in, the, God. It's back in the Vine days, Omnia. Back in the Vine days? The Vine days. 9 plus 10, 21. My oh, you God. stupid. No, I'm not. It's 21. It's so funny. But uh, I mean, uh, you have to be a pioneer when a it pioneer came to, memes. to social media and memes. And, you know, I spent a lot of my time on uh, the interwebs. But the Charger Public Library has opened its reservoir for this initiative. And it has offered books related to science, history, fiction, and art. History and science and fiction, my favorite top three. What is your favorite top three, Omnia? My favorite has got to be fiction, self-help, and literature sometimes. Now, Omnia, believe it or not, even mm. though I'm very big on self-help, I like to read more about history. Oh, oh yes. I can kind of say. I, can I kind like of reading about, about history. I like reading about wars. Not a fan. I, I, sure. I love listening to, I, for example, Genesis Khan. Mm. Right? I like uh, World War One. I. I was very, I liked it a lot. World War Two. You know, just these histories because it shaped the world we live in today. Yeah. Because I always believe that... And history repeats itself. History repeats itself. And, uh, you know, with every action, with every reaction, action, the, there was a reaction. Yes. And um, Hamad bin Salman, who's the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, yeah. he said in an interview one time, if you want to know the future, read history. Yes, indeed. And I definitely agree. You know, reading about history helps you a lot, but... My own taste has got to be in psychology and self-help. But yes. let us know what is your taste. Sharjah Public Library, as you've mentioned, Hani, has been offering the service as a first of its kind in the Middle East. And the best part about it is that there is something for everyone. Adults as well as children can go ahead and find content 
through the Wi-Fi of the Sharjah airport b- till the end of yes. the year. Now, there are plans to take the initiative even further by extending it to more readers since the city's public library right here in Sharjah is also aiming to develop spaces with Wi-Fi and tablets where every reader can experience digital reading in the new normal. There is currently a push by Sharjah to offer a complete traveling experience to passengers while still ensuring that we are deploying contactless services. Yes. We want to hear from you. Yes. Are you excited? Will you be visiting Sharjah Airport for your next flight? 4215 or Instagram at Pulse95 Radio. But we're going to go all the way to Samsung in a bit. We're going to be talking about how they are working on a double folding phone. Apple, please. <laughs> Pulse95. Gadget of the day. New tech you might want to play with. Samsung has already come out with one foldable phone. Apple has yet to follow up on the trend. But guess what, you guys? We are looking at Samsung releasing a double folding phone very, very soon to add to its lineup. It's well-known lineup of foldable phones. You know what I love about Samsung Omnia? What do you love? They just like create anything, and give it to the public. You know? <laughs> yes. Like, oh, you guys want a small, small phone? Here, take it. You want a big phone? Take it. You guys want a foldable phone? Take it. You guys want a double foldable phone? Take it. Anything to make headlines. Anything goes. Is it good enough? Is it perfect? No, but it works. So put it out in the market. I mean, how many? Sa- I, okay, you continue telling them what's going on. Okay. I'm going to look and research how many phones Samsung has come, come out, out with just this year. <laughs> I'm sure. Let me give you a guess. I think it'll be, let's say 12. No, not 12. 14 phones. I'll give you that. 14 phones. But what we're looking at is Samsung working on a phone that would fold into three segments. Two hinges on a phone. I feel like we're talking about a door. (laughs) Two hinges on the phone, three segments, and it could be a reality as early as the end of this year. Now, the phone would be a third option in Samsung's foldable lineup, which would be basically joining the Galaxy Z Fold and the Z Flip, which are also both expected to appear in new versions and a new look later this year. Now, the design is still being finalized, but many sources have been saying that the screen would have a standard ratio of 16 to 9 or 18 to 9, which would make it easier for app makers to help design their applications to be able to fit that new foldable screen. So obviously, Omnia, I don't have all the statistics for 2021 because we're still in 2021. But in 2020, Mm -hmm. Samsung has released and they call them the top phones. There's a lot of more phones, but the top that we know of is eight. Eight phones in 2020. That's a lot. That is a lot. We see Apple come out with their flagships, which is one or two. I'll make it one because yeah. the Pro Max, they don't really make a difference. Yeah. Right? They're coming out with one type of phone. So Apple just recently. No, and the SE. I mean, they're like three phones. Yeah. Right? But In not comparison eight. to yeah. eight phones. Now, we know we have been seeing multiple folds before when it does come to Samsung. The Xiaomi folding phone prototype, which did fold at two points. But the company has reportedly adopted a more Galaxy Fold-like design. Fourth upcoming fold- foldable. Now, our good friends Huawei, the yeah. Mate X2 foldable, also does use a similar design to Samsung's and would be a bit ironic then if Samsung was on a double folding design after others did adopt its single one. Now, it is possible that Samsung is introducing the new type of foldable to ease its power users 
into a transition to the form factor. Yes, indeed. Now, whether or not this uh, double folding phone will become a reality later this year depends on whether or not Samsung can actually figure out how to navigate through the chip shortages that have been affecting the entire industry. Folding phones are already more difficult to make than your standard, typical Samsung Galaxy smartphone. But if Samsung is not able to get the chips that it needs, it could push the company's plans a little bit back. Yeah, honestly, it's still very exciting to hear that Samsung is working on a third type of folding phone, especially because Apple is yet to release its first ever folding phone. Apple, get with the system already. All your competitors. You know wrestling matches? I feel like we're in a wrestling match. Samsung versus Apple. I think we need to put the eye of the tiger on you. Yes, you got it. I mean, Apple, come on. All your competitors are jumping on it. When are you going to jump in the ring? And release the foldable phone that will break the internet. I think Samsung has already won the match, honey. Come on, man. I Second mean, it's ridiculous. foldable phone. All right. We're going to give round number one to Samsung. Yes. Right? <laughs> round number two will be when Apple releases, which will probably be in like three years. No, they said. 2022, think, 2023. Yeah, yeah. Right? So we're going to see you. We'll have this We'll have this fight in 2022, 2023. With the old man. <laughs> uh, Coming Finally. They've released the Apple iPhone. Uh, I need my reading glasses. I can't even see. Well, by then, I think you'll have enough money to get the folding phone well, since you're already saving up. Inshallah. Inshallah. We know that. It'll you know, probably be like 10,000 dirhams. Yes. At least. Take out a loan. At least. It's going to cost an arm and a leg more than what they already cost right now. But yeah. let us know your thoughts. Are you excited for that double folding phone that Samsung is currently working on? And would you get Apple's first foldable phone I when it like, does come out? I'd get one. I don't care how many glitches, bugs, whatever you want to call it is in that phone. I'm going to get it. You know what's funny is I remember when we first talked about folding phones and you were like, yeah, I'm never going to get one. See, Omnia, that's, never gonna that's get one. what changed. You know what changed? I become. I became... A mobile gamer. I started playing strategy games on my phone. And uh, Baba, you're probably listening. <laughs> shout I'm, out to Baba. Shout out to Baba, right? Baba, if an iPad comes in the mail from Amazon in a couple of days, don't... You ordered an iPad? Not yet. Not yet. Oh. I might. I might. I mean, they're they're going for cheap now, Omnia. They're going for like $1,200. Honey, you already had an iPad and you gave it to your family. Yeah, I gave it to my mama. Because you didn't use it. I didn't use it. But now I'm feeling like playing games. I'm going to stop talking before I go home and my dad beat my butt. But, ladies and gentlemen, that is Future Talk for today. And we'll see you tomorrow, same time, same place, only here on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m.